Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thanks for joining me today, sporting the podcast. I have a puppy, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's my hours of sleep have diminished. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot and, uh, trying to balance life and all that stuff, Ryan, but yeah. cute as hell, huh? Cute as all hell. I mean, it's just like, I can't stop holding him and kissing him. I love that when I come here, he like comes like glumping down the stairs and doesn't know how to use his legs yet. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cute. It is. So, it's not cute when he shits in his crate. <laughs> no, that's But he only cute. did that once. And I left cause I left him like for three and a half hours and I made the mistake of feeding him before. So I didn't get mad at him, but, uh. It was, uh, anyway, thanks for all the support and the love. You know, this podcast depends mostly on patrons and uh, you guys listening. Uh, our listeners are, are loyal. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Become a patron. I'll message you and uh, you guys really help. They really help. And thanks for listening. If you're here for Kristen Ritter, you've come to the right place. Uh, we did a project together. She's amazing. I just went to a concert with her. We're like best. I'm like her gay best friend. That's what I am. <laughs> um, people are like, oh, Chris. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're we're buddies. Cool. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. And what a, what a talent. Uh, Ryan, what are the handles? At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. The Inside of You online store is also, we got uh, Lex statues of me. There are only five left. And they were made, they're bronze to 20, I don't know, they're this big, they're big, they're nice. And then they're signed by me and there's a bunch of other small little stuff and, uh, and inside you stuff, brand new big tumblers that are awesome. So check it out inside of you online store and, uh, my band sunspin were playing. So I really would appreciate it. The new album came out. Never is what it is streaming everywhere. Um, go to sunspin.com for more information, or if you want tickets to our show, it's a virtual show. So you can watch from your home and we, we read messages and we respond to you and we play a bunch of songs and there's prizes. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to support the band, go to sunspin.com or go to stageit.com and type in sunspin. So very fun. That's very cool. Yeah. And uh, that is that concert that we're doing. The virtual is May 6th, Saturday at 5 p.m pacific standard time so please if you haven't listened please give it a chance i know a lot of you guys listen you're like i'm not listening to your band but maybe if you haven't you could try and i think you'd like it whatever uh yeah that's about it i think we should just do this i think we should get into Kristen ritter it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you with michael rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Uh, right before we started rolling, you said that, um, you know, you don't do a lot of these, but you, you're really private. Yeah, I am. I, I'm not like a huge fan of doing a bunch of interviews because I get like nervous about it. And, you know, sometimes I don't love extra attention on myself or, you know, things like get picked up. But I 
want to support you and come do it. We've been talking about doing this interview for a long time, like over two years. Yeah. I had bumped into you a couple of times, whether it was our good friend, Dave Yaroveski's yep. screening of night books. Yeah. But even way before that, I think. No, it was, uh, you were walking your child down yeah. Melrose and I was like, Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love running into you. I ran into you at a concert too. Yes. Was it Bruce Springsteen? No, no, I've never no. gone to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Uh, was it Morrissey? No. Was it uh, The Cure? No. Was it uh, anything? It, it was L.A., downtown, big place. L.A., down, Hollywood Bowl? Greek? No. Something downtown. If it wasn't an 80s band, it, there's a good chance it wasn't me. No, it was definitely you. It you was were wearing me. your leather jacket. Leather jacket. Yeah. Where, what I'm was trying that? To this would have been like a really long time ago. Anyway. Was it a sports game instead? Did I run into you at the Lakers or something? Maybe it was a Lakers game. I think it was a one, Lakers game. I've been to one Lakers game. I think that might have been it. Because I only remember the like meeting and it was like outside with all the, like the doors to a big event space. Might have been that. Could have been or a Rams game. Definitely not a Rams no, game. No, I only went to one. We could do this all day, folks. All day. So you're probably what concerts shut have off. we been to? No, okay. but like, you know, I always love seeing you too. And yeah. it's, it's funny because. Yeah, you're one of those people you can run into and it's like no time has passed. Yeah, I just was talking about, to a friend about that because I don't, I don't ever like nothing's ever weird with me. Yeah, you're I don't fun. feel like I'm like, hey, let's let's get let's go. Yeah, if there's that, yeah, um, really nice, easy person to get along with. Let's just let the production. I mean, I, I would say yes. I mean, I'm not the easiest person in the world. I don't think any of us are that easy. When people really get to know us and know sure. our little idiosyncrasies and their little, you know, our little fucking traits the and dark things. underbellies <laughs> yeah those I mean, nobody really wants to see that right you have to keep some of it private sure i mean there's some things about you that you think that oh my god if they knew that they would just look at me so differently <laughs> sure sure there are yeah of course things you do things certain ways you act certain you know just things absolutely so we're not going too private <laughs> i mean those aren't that private those are little characteristics of what makes us human yeah but um no i loved working with you we worked together and i noticed you were unlike someone i've ever worked with anyone i've ever worked with being that you had just it's not that people i've worked with don't have a confidence you know an air about them uh, how they handle or hold themselves but you i remember you were so easygoing so like present with everybody but you never seemed nervous about the work or uh, intense about the work it was just that's work works part of me here we go are you always like that i just was like it was intimidating in a way because you were so just on and it was natural and it was effortless at least that's how i perceived it um thank you um this last compliment i'm giving you that's okay no um i appreciate that because i i do feel like when i'm at work when i'm on set when i'm like doing a show that is probably where i'm the most myself um because mm. i love it and i work hard at it and i'm ready when i get there like I have a uh, exhaustive sort of prep process and then I throw it all away once I'm on set and I'm just there. And so I I, I appreciate that you saw me that way because um, that, that's kind of, yeah. That's how you feel. That's how, yeah, that's how so I feel. So are you saying that there's sort of a juxtaposition of like you're on set, that's your world, yeah. I'm confident in this, but in the real world, maybe you're not as you know, I think I'm not as with the like publicity side of it and doing interviews and like the press support that you have to do for projects. What, like, why is that, you think? You know, it's it just feels like a different kind of attention on you. It feels like much more pressure. It feels like um, more personal, I guess. And when you're playing a character, 
you are you get to hide behind that and like you're acting and it's a performance and that's kind of where my strength is and then when it gets to like you know the personal stuff i always start just like get, i get anxiety i sort of shut down okay I'm like, you Fuck, do. what do i say what do i do i hate when things like I, sometimes you just don't want attention on things that see that this is this is normal this is you know um when you do red carpets sure. i bet you hate that i don't mind the red carpet why is that because i but you have to pose like Kristen, Kristen, over here Kristen. you have to put that little mouth kind of yeah. chin, chin thing down and yeah. Like, and everybody does it. Every, all the women, the actresses, oh, yeah, all the do. dudes. You have to kind of, you know what, how you look good and you have to do that. Yeah. But do you ever get mad at yourself for, oh, why am I putting that on? If, yeah. if you don't put it on, like if I don't do like something. You're going to look like. I look like an idiot. I look <laughs> yeah. stupid because I, I I don't photograph as easily, easy, easily as well as you do. And so I get a little bit like I have to go. Um, or at Goofy or something. I don't mind the red carpet, the, the photographs. I'm like, I before I was an actress, I was a model, model so yeah. I had that like kind of built into the work. Like that's part of the work for me. Right. Um, it's the interview parts afterwards. It's the talk shows. It's those things that like, you know. What's the worst me. interview? You don't have to say who it was, but do you, did you ever have one experience where you're like, um, I'm done? Um, I didn't. Not one that I was. I was like, I'm done. But I feel like. You know, whenever you're supporting a project and you have to do like the talk show circuit, I would always just put so much pressure on myself and I'd be like in the dressing room, like, like panicking, breaking out in hives and sweating. And nobody would sort of believe me or like validate that because they'd be like, you got this, Kristen. Your interviews are always great. You got this. And I'm like, no, really, I'm, I'm so nervous. I can't do it. I can't do it. But then you do it and you like work the nerves you use the nerves to like make a cute appearance and then it's over and then everyone's like see you got this but it's this cyclical thing yeah it doesn't it just even though it's validated at the end like great great you go right back into that same feeling yes and there's only there was one time i was doing like a tour for my book and i was about to go like speak in front of people at barnes and noble right i was very nervous i felt so much pressure i was so scared i was shaking and the the there was a person there a publicist person um, who said like, okay, if you really feel like you're going to throw up or faint, just look at me and I'll come get you. And that was so disarming to me because then I was like, I felt validated. I felt like, okay, I have a lifeline. I'm going to be okay. So that's like the one like thing that I had sort of remembered. See, you're not getting private, but you're getting real and you're talking about that, which is to me is helpful. Helpful. I think it's important for people to know that like what what sometimes might look really easy for somebody there is actually not. Yeah. And when things are still like really, really hard, do it anyway. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Do it anyway. You're not going to die. You're going to get through this. You don't have to have like level 10 confidence to like go after something because sometimes we're all faking it. That's true. I get, I get that. And I get that. You you talk about validation. Yeah. That's like, I think that's just human nature in general. It's like when someone isn't feeling well or someone, you want someone to nurture you or pay attention and just help you and support you, make you feel comfortable. And a lot of people, like I didn't get that as a kid. Sure. I just didn't get it. I don't know if I've talked about that necessarily, but you know, um, I, I remember these things. These are vivid. These aren't me making them up. They are, they happened. Uh, my parents were never, uh, I remember opening the garage door in, I was probably 12 and they had glass windows in it. it was old rickety shitty garage door and it was hard to open and I opened it and a piece of glass fell and hit me in the mouth. Okay. 
and split my face open, blood everywhere. Okay. And my dad just kind of laughed and says, go in and put ice on it. I go, I'm, I, I need to go to the hospital. I need to get stitches. And um, he's like, no, you don't. And I remember one time, I it, many times where f- I fireworks went off in my hand. These spinners when I was a kid, you know, the spinners, they got caught in my hand and burned my hands badly. And I was screaming in agonizing pain. And I put your hand in cold water. Yeah. And I remember hours, it just wouldn't go away. I slept with my hand in a pot of ice water. Oh. And this was sort of, I remember, I didn't think about it then. Like, oh, they're, you know, they're terrible. They're, but as you get older, you're like, no one was there to sort of. Give you your emotional needs. Like validate that, hey, I'm in pain. Take care of me. Help me. I'm in pain. Help me. Take care. And a lot of people just don't really, it's not that they don't care that they just, I guess, don't care. And it's also, <laughs> you know, it's a different time, right? Our parents really didn't know. No one knew what they were doing. I think now, like people, like with parenting, I have a child. So when you're saying yes. this, I'm like, yeah. So when this happens, like the really, the most important thing to me is like, meet my kid's emotional needs. Make sure that he knows like I'm there. Mommy loves him. So he never has to waste any time like earning love or getting love. He can just be his wonderful, happy, independent self and thrive. And, you know, uh, validating his feelings helps so much. Like yeah. if he's, he'll, we like talk about the feeling. We name the feeling. How old is he? He's three. And so you can talk to him like he, he yeah. gets things. Oh, he's, he's smart. So, he's real smart. Uh, and he's so wonderful and he's happy and he's confident and he's like. Do you tell him he's smart all the time? All the You're time. You're so smart. I tell him how every day and I, or I'll like tell him secrets. I'll go over and whisper to him. Like the other day, and I'll just, tell you secrets? Yeah, I'll just whisper to him. I said, I just want to let you know that I watched you like playing with this kid earlier and it was so awesome watching you learn and grow and and you're so smart and you're so funny and you're so kind. I whispered that to him. And he said, thank you, mama. Ugh, my kid is just delicious. Can't get, I can't, I'm so lucky. That's just like, wow. I know. How important is that to, to, to children to have parents who are, I mean, it's, I've talked about this so many times, but like just something, a positive thing and, and to fill them with positive, yeah. you know, vibes and, and, you know, they will get more confident and yeah. smart and yeah. feel this way because of you, yeah. because of their mom, yeah. you know, or dad. And it's so important. Um, Having a kid is a big opportunity to like heal your own shit and do something else. And to be put a better a lot of, person than maybe your parents were. Totally. And put a lot of consciousness into it. And that's what, that's really what, what I'm all about with my kid. So do you try to do things because maybe your parents didn't give you certain things as a kid? So maybe you're totally, or- totally, totally. And who knows like what will, who, I'm just trying to doing my best to make sure that he just feels happy and loved. That's it. And, um, but yeah, like just being conscious about things. So some, you know, you grow up and you're like, you know, stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> then you're like, I cannot believe, <laughs> or like your hand's fine. Put it in ice. Like, you know, let's acknowledge what's going on. And so the kid doesn't feel so spun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think <laughs> I think maybe that's why I haven't had children yet. Yeah, but when you do, you'll ha- you'll see. It's an amazing opportunity to to like put all of this stuff somewhere. It's pretty it's a great healing opportunity. But it's I'm, a rebirth. Yeah. I guess this the fear is, you know, I don't want to make the same mistakes. I don't and I know I won't, but because I'll put you, so much because you're conscious pressure. about it, you won't. And you'll work at it. You'll go to therapy. You'll like, you know, take a real look at it. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's 
so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money it's just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me i got rocket money <laughs> okay i found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it <laughs> my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming dev- uh, whatever mm-hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month it's, it is embarrassing Ugh. you know 75 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about before i started using rocket money i thought i had you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Do you go to therapy? Of course. 
How long have you been going to therapy? I don't. I kind of go in and out of it. Yeah. Um. I'll kind of like tackle something. I'm a hardcore person. Right? You are. You are. I, the music you listen to. I remember being on set with you. Yeah. And you were just listening to some like I don't want to say avant garde shit, <laughs> but you were li- always listening to some indie stuff. Yeah. You had an indie band. Yeah. You kind of like. You're sort of like you're a, a beautiful soul, but you're you have a darkness to you. For sure. You definitely <laughs> have this darkness, and I want to know where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like what I always gravitated when I was gravitated. You know, when I when I was young, I was into that shit, and it just like st- stuck. I still like dress like when I was a teenager. What is that shirt? This is Johnny Cash. Yeah, I thought for a second it was Journey, but how, how dare you wear a Journey shirt? <laughs> Never. <laughs> you used to make fun of my music. I love your music. You what do? are you talking about? Yeah, I love your music. I love your big '80s rock music. Oh, good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. Not to get too private, but like growing up, how I was growing up? Were your parents like supportive and cool and whatever? Listen, when I was growing, I'm from a farm in Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. before that, I'm from an either even smaller town. And what I was doing. Chick skinny? Chick shinny. Chick shinny. Chick shinny, Pennsylvania. Really small town. Right. And so what I was doing was very foreign. Like nobody really understood it. I was scouted at the mall when I was in 15 and started modeling at 16. How does that happen? You are in the mall and somebody comes so up to you. So wait a minute, you were in the mall randomly yeah. and they, they were there or you heard they were there and you went. It's, honestly, it's so long ago now that like, I, it, we were, I just remember being like at Payless Shoe Store or something like that. <laughs> Good. And this woman came up to me and was like, oh, you should, have you ever thought about modeling? And my mom and I were like, what? <laughs> no. How tall were you at this age? Tall, five tall, nine. Five nine. And skinny, like, you know. I was like, five four when I graduated high school. No, you weren't. Oh yeah. That is not true. I was the smallest kid in my high school. But you're tall. Well, yeah, that's probably why I had back problems because I grew like nine inches in the ne- in, oh, in, in my co- in college. That's funny. But go ahead. So you're like this tall, awkward kid. Yeah. So I got like plucked out of my town and started like you know going to Manhattan by myself and started traveling by myself. And it was just like your parents let you travel by yourself. I mean, yeah. That they was the did. time period, wasn't it? It was a different time. They just put you on a train and you went. Yes. As a 15 year old girl, you went to New York. I went on a bus. Because there was no train that went to my small town, but I went on a bus and I did get picked up at Port Authority. They thought I was a runaway. Um, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, what would they do? They detain you and like get people on the phone and then they finally let you go to your modeling job. But How that, many times did it happen? Um, at, at once or twice. <laughs> it just seems like it wouldn't happen. It happens. Yeah. Like they would give a shit. It's crazy. Like, I'm so grateful for it because, like, it made me grow up fast. It made me savvy. It made me take personal responsibility for what I'm doing. And it made me, like, pretty street smart. Um, mm. But now that I have a kid, I'm like, over my dead body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> no Different way. world. Different world. But growing up, you said, hey, you, you kind of, like, validated or made it seem like it was a good thing to grow up fast. Do you think growing up fast is a good thing? Well, I think before that happened, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I think who does who does and I think that that needs to be uh, there needs to be some attention on that because it's a dangerous thing for kids to have this much pressure on them to know what they want to be when they grow up what school they're going to go to for how like it's so much so much pressure and I didn't really know and we don't really know that's that's a scary place to be so when I finally like found the thing that took some time I was like fuck yeah this is what I'm doing were you smart in school yeah enough yeah, I was smart in school. I was like not a yeah, I was kind of like down the middle. But you thought this this is cool. I'm going to go model. No, I did not think that was cool. I was like modeling and not sure, but it was an opportunity to get out of the house and get out of my small town, and it wasn't until I was always kind of like big and bubbly and obnoxious and annoying and like funny. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. 
Rose always liked class clownish a little bit sometimes. Right. Um, and and so uh, there was an actor strike at one point in the agency I was with had an acting division and I was always walking by the room like do 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 hey <laughs> and so they were like oh would you like to go out on commercial auditions and I'm like yes that's you never ask so then I started going to commercial auditions and that was such a huge difference from modeling when you're just like looking at your book and oh your nose is too pointy oh your butt's too big whatever and, and then this was an opportunity for me to be funny and silly and goofy and they liked that about me so I was like, so, yes. So most models aren't silly and goofy that you were around. You were kind no, of no, the goofy no, no, no. one. Uh huh. Oh yeah. They're not like that. Models are like encouraged not to talk. Now it's different. I think like you have to have like if you're a model, you have to have like some side hustle or something else or something mm-hmm. special about it. But at that time, it was like, you know, you don't yeah, just stand there and look pretty like a clothing rack. <laughs> Did you? And I, the worst job for me. Let's just be honest. The worst job for me would be like holding still and shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well i think for me too yeah yeah exactly but did you know was it intimidating were other models sitting around there kind of like looking at her like she's not pretty yes. she's not blonde she's not sure. beautiful she's weird people would always say that i wasn't pretty people that was always wait like, who would was, say that I, fucking come on i'm not gonna like that, i'm not saying i'm proverbial who yeah no like who like 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 adults kids at, you were picked on? I, I, it wasn't that I was picked on, but I was like the other f- sort of thing. You know, you know it's funny. I wasn't like, let's just be honest. I'm not like a blonde bombshell with like, you know, I'm just it's just a different thing. You're a dark shell. Oh, a shut dark the fuck bombshell. Up. <laughs> well, you are gorgeous. Um, that's I'm not obvious. fishing here. I'm not fishing. I know I'm you're like, not. I'm I'm casting. Okay. <laughs> but uh, that's how come I learned to be funny. There was this girl in, in high school named Heather Hart. Oh, that's a good name. And she was super tall. And every guy was just sort of like too, too not tall? into it. Yeah. Because she was just this tall girl and like she was skinny. Like, yeah. And she was doing like modeling stuff. And I remember it was like, but all of a sudden when she got older, like when she turned like 17 or whatever, I mean, every guy in the world wanted her so she was awkward growing up i think she's because she was just so tall and was like oh my god the tall girl (laughs) and everybody else was shorter than her yeah and then all of a sudden people realized they don't realize the beauty that's actually in front of them or the beauty that's going to mature into real beauty or whatever i think that you know look you know I was one of the least popular kids in my school oh really i imagined you like being like a football quarterback Hot babe, no? No. Okay. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I wasn't. And um, but it's funny because I think definitely people later on couldn't believe that I went as far. I mean, obviously the, went as far as I did. I small town, yeah, like three thousand yeah. people in Newburgh, Indiana. Yeah. And uh, you know, so same sort of thing. But what happens when hey, where are your parents at now? They're still in my they're still in Pennsylvania. They're in Shitsville. Shicksville. What is it? Pennsylvania. They're, Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Do you go back? Um, sometimes my dad actually just came to visit me. I've been a, I've been on location for a couple of years like non-stop now so my dad is um what are you shooting well i just finished something i just got back sunday i just finished orphan black echoes in toronto <clears throat> and then before that i was doing um love and death for hbo in austin which is dope um so and before that i was in oregon i've just been so like, you don't go you can't, it's hard it's better easier for oh, people yeah. to come to you sometimes at, at this least point, for now especially, especially you have a kid child. yes yeah 
Yeah, everything, the relocation is is just a whole other thing now. It's not just like me and my like rocker t-shirts. It's like a thing. Well, what do you do when you go back, by the way? Whenever it is you go back, is it is it something where people recognize you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a really small, small little thing. <laughs> so everybody thing. knows you. No, but it's not like you're going to see a lot of people. It's like the sticks, you know? But if I went to like the market, sure, I'd probably run into somebody I went to high school with. Yeah. What's, Which is cool. What's the local place where everybody goes? What's it called? I Honestly, I don't know. But I, there's like a the one market you would go and like get stuff is like Sunray Market. I would go there after school. People are like, hey. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like do you like when people come up to you and ask you for pictures or autographs or do you, are you just uncomfortable because that's how do you feel? I, I usually I like it. Usually I'm so grateful to have like anybody even see what I do or have an impact on people. Um, it depends. Like some people are really cool about it and some people aren't that cool about it. Like it just depends on what's happening. What's a situation you remember that somebody was just not cool? You know, when someone's like uh what hey that person said you're somebody what are you in i've never heard like, that, yes. kind of stuff. That, that you don't need to bother somebody with that that's that, okay that is one thing that pisses me off. that's the one thing i've i i think did i tell you about that i was in a, i was in um some bar mistake years ago and i was with a couple of friends and this drunk dude yeah. comes up to me and goes hey I, I don't even know who you are but like you're are you like i don't care like but my friend said you're like i don't care why me. throw like, that what? bomb into somebody's life like why why ruin your night you're having fun why give that like you know what i mean like like nasty and you, and bomb you, and the thing is i want to look at them and go fuck Oh. Yeah, I know, but you can't. And you can't. And you're just no. like, hey, yeah, no, I'm just whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm no big deal. Yeah, I don't care. And they're like, you just want to say, dude, you drunk fuck, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. But you got to be nice. Yeah, yeah. Typically, mm -hmm, though, typically. Be because like, um, you know, I've, I've sort of played characters and that have meant a lot to women. And, yes. And specifically Jessica Jones. So I get a certain kind of person who wants to connect and i i love that because it's one thing to like just do an acting job great love it but it, it's another thing it's kind of so meaningful when you play a character that really resonates with women and 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 men you know sure. the way that she has so i'm always thrilled when people um appreciate the work obviously anytime someone comes up to you and says they love your work you're like fuck thank you thank you so much obviously yeah. so i'm happy to do it unless i'm like with my little baby and like busy. But it's okay, just not right now is not a good time. I yeah, just, and you have to hold that boundary too because I don't want my child's photo, you know, I, I'm really private like about that. him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. His, he is number one. Um, but when I'm like out and about by myself, sure, come up, I'll fucking take a selfie, right? Let's rock. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Do your Are your parents really proud of you? Yeah, yeah, I think people are pretty, pretty shocked by it, you know, yeah. Like, does your mom still like every time you do something go, do they watch it all or some like, I don't know if they watch Jessica Jones is really dark. My dad wouldn't watch that. No. And you warned him. I'm having sex in the first episode. I didn't even, I, I just knew it wasn't right. For him. So you told him okay. not to watch it. I was okay that they didn't watch it. I just, whatever. If they watch it, cool. But yeah, I mean, yesterday my mom texted me, I guess Brian Cranston was just on Kelly Clarkson this week, like talking about the big like death scene with me and they're sending it to me. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So they, really? Yeah. Do you, so do you still talk to Aaron and Brian? Yeah. I just yeah. saw Aaron at a karaoke party. I love Aaron mutual so friend. much. He's such a nice guy. He's he was nervous about karaoke. -ing. Oh, God. And then he ended up doing it. He I was bet really he'd good. be great. He was great. Yeah. But I, what was that experience? I mean, you were on how many episodes? I don't know. I was, not many. Not many. I was in the second season. Mm -hmm. Maybe like eight episodes. I don't know. Uh, so then, then that's a lot. One episode the following season. And how many episodes did you think you were going to be on when you first got the part? Like five. I ended up being in it more than I thought. 
And was it something that you, it was already hit by this point? It wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit at this point. Mm -mm. It wasn't even like on the radar yet. When I took the gig, it was only a one season, seven episode show because of the writer's strike. So it was a big down and downtime in the industry. It was all slow. Um, I really liked the part and I wanted to get it. And my agent at the time, he was really good and really smart. His name was David Letterman. I was at, with a D, Letterman with a D. I was at Innovative Artists. I had another offer for something else that was more of like what I was doing, what I was doing. And he was like, let's hang on and let's see what happens with Breaking Bad because no one knows about the show yet, but it's but it's really good and I think you could be really cool in this role. So we held, we waited until I until that happened. And, and you were so happy you got that. Fuck yeah. Because it was more like, it was like, you know, I, I just felt like it was more in my like Wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because before that, I was just doing a lot of like goofy, ditzy kind of comedy roles, which are fun too. But, you know. Was Vince on set? Yeah. Vince was on set or he was like, you know, what was really cool about him and those kind of showrunners, Melissa Rosenberg is similar, very detail oriented. And I think that that is like the key. I think when you have someone with such a true, clear vision, that's why you get some magic. Yeah. When you say detailed. Like was we're talking. Yeah, was Vince directing that episode? No, he directed El Camino. Right. Um, but but that episode or a few of the episodes that you did, he didn't direct, but he was there. And he's sort of like almost like Spielberg, Tobe Hooper and Poltergeist where, where Tobe Hooper was directing it. But. Did Spielberg direct it? Well, kinda. it's just kind of the thing, like for just for one stupid example, like the character is wearing a belt. They take pictures of both belts and it goes to Vince. Vince is going to choose the, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, it's, yes. All little things, like everything mattered to him, which I think is very cool. Um, and Melissa Rosenberg is, has a similar style. And it doesn't, that doesn't always happen with showrunners, right? It's like a free for all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Were you surprised? And of course you're surprised. But after your character dies. Yeah. If you haven't seen the show, I'm tough shit. I'm yeah, sorry about this point. Like, fuck right, yeah, fuck yeah. right off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it? 2012? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, when this, you, look, you shot it. Yeah. It was hard. It was yeah. probably intense. Yeah. You know, it's so effed up. Yeah. Did you ever think that that scene would be a tenth of what as it is. big yeah. as what it became? No fucking idea. No way. No. I didn't know any of it. When you saw it, before it all came out and yeah, everybody I, else commented, were you like, people are going to be talking about this one? Well- we started to, so that was the big episode that I was in and my character had a lot to do. And they started, the network started to sort of talk about 
the performance and like it was like people were getting excited about it. So we were invited to watch it in a room. It was me, my managers, my agent at the time was Brent Morley. I'll never forget it. And we watched it and all of us were on our feet, like hands over mouths, fucking energy. Like we were shocked. We were just shocked and so moved by it. And that was like the coolest fucking thing I had ever done. I was like, Holy it shit. brought your own performance, not your, but the performance, the experience, the experience brought you to your feet. I, I, first, my agent stood at his feet and I'll, I just felt him like stand up like, and then kind of all of us. And I'm kind of, you know, when you watch yourself, you have a different experience of it because I'm like, oh, when that in this moment, what was actually happening was this. So you're watching it, but then you kind of are able to just like sit back and enjoy it, too. I was just so proud to be like in something cool. Right? It doesn't know, always happen. I know. Sorry. It never, it rarely happens. Happen. Never happens. Never happens. And there's so many people out there, yeah. so many actors, directors, whatever, that they are capable yeah. of doing something. But the, the things that the have things to- things gotta line the up. The perfect storm of it being a great show, all eyes are on it, the right director, the right creator, the right props, the right whatever. The DP, the, everything comes together to make this moment and- it's it never happened. It's it, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of not obviously skill, but luck. Yes, there's a lot of luck for all these things to come together. Yeah, a lot of skilled people, but for that to all come together, that is just it's it's miraculous. It's one of the it's best magic. scenes ever on 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 the screen. Yeah, let alone TV, film, whatever it is. Um, it's crazy. I, I can't. I mean, it's still like it's crazy. I feel so lucky to have been a part of something so amazing and so well done. And like they caught lightning in a bottle. Did you continue to watch that show when you were? Fuck yeah, I'll watch it again. I might like fast forward my scenes a little bit. You know, because I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 what yeah. am I doing, idiot, young and. Um, but I love the show. I, I mean, yeah, I, I love it. I feel like I, I could probably start watching it again tomorrow. I need a show to watch. There's, Maybe I'll watch Breaking Bad. I think the, my favorite shows of all time are Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Those are the two best shows. I think that's it. Sopranos is pretty great. I too. haven't, I've only done one season. Sure. It's, it's pretty great, but it, it didn't hook you in that way. Yeah, I'll give it, I'm going to continue to watch yeah. it. But is there yeah. anything else I'm missing? There's, there's some great shows and people listen here and go, what about this? And what about that? No, totally. They'll be chiming in. There's, let's get the chime in. I think I, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones are my two favorite shows. And then I also like on the lighter side, Friends and Sex in the City. That's yeah, like, never, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm a girl. Those are Sure, like, sure. No, I'm not saying they're bad. They're obviously great shows to many people. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I'm sure they're great. Yeah. They're, they're obviously great. Look at the success. Yeah, Although I, there's a lot of shows that are successful that aren't great shows. That's true. Very. A lot of shows. It's weird. Yeah. Gosh. Did uh this this obviously that role would you say launched your career? One hundred percent. That little ro that role, that role I wouldn't say little, but that significant role yeah. on that show yeah. launched your career. Absolutely. And you probably didn't get paid a lot. I didn't get paid a lot at all. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I mean, but it was worth every moment. It was worth every it was worth it. It was wasn't that wasn't for the money. And Netflix fell in love with you. We gotta find a show for this girl. Yes, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hands Jessica Jones. Yeah, I had Jessica Jones, yeah. Which happened how many years after? Well, I first I did the Bee in Apartment 23 ah, after. Yes, yeah. that lasted a couple seasons? Yeah, two seasons. You love that show. I do. I would do it again in a second. Why I didn't it get picked it. up? Why? It was, oh, listen, it was on ABC. 
it was right before things, the metrics sort of changed. Mm -hmm. Like we got canceled for numbers that now are considered like massive hits, right? Um, It was kind of like scheduled badly. It just was kind of dragged around by a shit smeared dog. Didn't really, but it was also very edgy. We really pushed the envelope. The writing was way ahead of its time. And it was just one of those like great little quirky shows that probably, probably served everybody better by just being two seasons. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, cult following. People love it. I love it. I will watch it and laugh at every line because the writing is so good. Do you get upset? How do you deal with um, cancellations or rejection? I mean, obviously you started at a young age with rejection everywhere. Yeah, it's just it, part of it. So when they said, who called you to tell you apartment? Uh, yeah. To, the bitch from apartment 23? Yeah, right. that that was the that was the hardest rejection that, that whatever. It's all in the category. Because you were surprised. I was surprised, but I also loved it so much. And I knew, yes, I cried, but I would cry before that. There were days driving home from set where I just had the best day and I would go home, I would drive home crying knowing that it'll never be as good as this again. I had the best day. The producers on that show, let me tell you, Jeff Morton, he is, he's a producer for Modern Family. He's done like all, he, part of his whole system is like, let's make sure the cast and the crew are rested and happy so they could be funny. Who is that? Who is that? No one thinks that. No one thinks that. And he is so special. And I I'm, I would, I want to do another show with him so badly because he cares about people. I want to work with Jeff Morton. Jeff Morton, Jeff Morton, Jeff Morton. Jeff. <laughs> I'll, I'll audition for you on tape. He just cared about that. And we would shoot like 10 hour days. What? Comedies. Comedies. And you know what? Oh my God. It, I felt so supported so supported to like uh-huh. be able to push myself even further so i all i was trying to do all day was like get learn my funny lines and how do i make them even funnier how do i improvise this thing how do i do this little weird character thing because i was so supported that i was able to be like free to fucking play see this is an important thing you're saying most creators most studios whoever is involved in all this process of making a show they don't realize that and this goes not for just acting world it, it goes to the entire planet of people bosses yeah. out there yeah. corporations if you treat the people yes well you will, if you support them you'll get better and more you'll not only get better performances and more passion and more dry, it's just going to be a better show jo- everybody's going to be happier more joy and they don't they always 90 percent of the time they want to show how powerful they are i'm not going to do that i'm not going to give you the money you deserve i'm not going to give you the hours you're going to work overtime we're going to force you we're changing this who cares you're not even not, they don't care and that is really refreshing to hear that someone yeah. was that guy. He was that guy. He was that guy. And it was such a magical experience. But that was after Breaking Bad. So that was kind of like, did the Breaking Bad thing. And at that before that, I was like working actress hustling, just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that was when I started to like get offered things. And Don't Trust the Bee was next. And I just fucking loved it. And Jessica Jones, was it something you auditioned for? Jessica Jones was something I auditioned for with like fake sides. And I was like, the material was fabulous. It was so loaded. There was so much subtext. There was so much to play and so much to do. How long did it take you to learn these lines for an audition? Oh, that takes me no time. No time. No time. But I, but it's the work. I, I do like, listen, I work really hard before the day and then get rid of it. And so when I just try to know things so well that you throw a, a grenade at me, I know how to handle it. Or that way you're 
if you're so prepared, you know your lines. I can memorize lines really quickly. It's the subtext and the performance underneath. Like that's where I spend most. You of could the like time. learn five pages of dialogue right now in the next thirty minutes. Listen, I hate to be an asshole, but yes. I can, but that's not what the, what it's about. No, it is. No, it's not. I mean, a lot of it is. The subtext is is where the work goes. I, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying though, if I could learn five pages of dialogue in a half an hour, yeah, my life would be exponentially better. Sure. Uh, it takes me a while to learn them, and but I do what you do is I learn it inside out. So if they throw a grenade at me, and let me ask you, has has something happened or did something happen in your past that caused you to have the deepest preparation? Because maybe you weren't prepared early on in your career, and something happened, and they threw a curveball at you, and you didn't handle it as well as you thought. Um, no, I I think that the, just because like so when I was modeling, I would kind of notice that. Um, at, you know, models would get set home after two seasons that they didn't hit. So I had this like observation early, like you get one fucking shot. So success is the only motherfucking option, right? So yeah. I just had that in me for a long time. And I always, I never, I always could put my head on the pillow knowing if I worked really hard and I prepared and I was ready. If I didn't get the part, that's okay. That was always okay. So for me, my superpower was like working hard. Discipline. Discipline, working hard. I'm always, I can show up five minutes earlier than you. You might be a better actor than me, but I'm going to like work, work harder than you. That was kind of like, mm. I just, that was the thing. That was what made me feel like I had control over my career and my life. Working hard. D I love that. That's it. It was just like, how do I feel good about like, I, I would never want to like go to an audition and like kind of blow it because I didn't work hard on it. If I didn't get it, Okay. That's fine. There's no, there's only one. You're not going to get everything. So there's some very specific thing for every part. You are going to hear no 99 times in a row. But if I go in and like do my thing and worked hard at it and do my play and that's it. Go home and I had my fun. How do you? I, I love this. This is this makes perfect sense. Uh, I love it. The, the, uh, how do you? You having fun so far? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I love this. This is just like rapid fire i mean it's just like i'm just sure. i'm feeling the, the the back and forth how do you deal with an actor that isn't hang on yeah we all deal with it it's hard i'm sure other actors have dealt with me how do you deal with someone giving them respect making them feel like you like them making you feel like you like them as an actor and not letting them all know that you think they are not good because they're not good and you're performing with them does that make sense okay i thought you were going to ask like how do you work with an actor who doesn't prepare and doesn't work hard and doesn't like do the things well um, both that that's hard for that's hard that's challenging it's disappointing when you ha hold. have you ever said anything no i you know uh i i try to like lift the people up and like oh do you want to run this do you want to you know try to make it as good as possible but, you know, I've been pretty lucky. I've had some amazing scene partners who, work, who do work hard. And that's the most exciting part. If you get a great scene partner, it's a great game of tennis, as you know. And you're only as good as your, your scene partner is. I've been really lucky. I've gotten some – I've gotten to work with some great people who then, like, make you better. And you're like, oh, what are you doing with that? Oh. Like, I just worked with an actor the other day on set. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I won't say who it is. But I would – he was so good that – I, in rehearsal, I was so like caught up in what I was watching him 
like kind of missing my cues, which was so exciting. Because I was just like, "Ooh, what the fuck is did you he tell doing?" Him? I did, and I we have I mean, we actually great. have the same acting teacher. So I told her afterwards, which like he is really good, really good. And I got to say, it happened with David Tennant too. Ah, uh, David Tennant from um, uh, on Jessica Jones, yeah, right, Jessica Jones, and then Defenders. Yes, right. He wasn't in Defenders, no. but he was in Jessica Jones. And there was one day he's the villain. He's the villain. And there were some scenes where I would, where I was just watching him because that was like the dynamic. There were some days where I would just watch him and be like, "This guy is fucking jazz. Just he's doing this and then he's doing this and it just he he's that good, so good, so good." Those are the people you want to work with. Was it intimidating or exciting? It's exciting. It's exciting. I I love it. It's just rare. It's rare. Yeah. It's, it's rare. rare. I can't say that. Uh, there have been many where I'm like enamored or, oh my God, yeah, this is, I'm working with greatness. I've yeah. got to step up. It, it's happened, yeah. but it hasn't happened a ton of times. Yeah. Usually it's like, all right, let's just make this as good as we can make this. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not every, not, not all of them are going to be home runs, right? No, not every experience. Most things I do aren't home runs. And like most scenes, like, you know, the, the best thing about acting, I mean, what I love about it is like when you're so in a scene that you like are so in it and you disappear and you don't know where you stop and the character starts. It's like that moment where you are truly present. It's like that. It's like jumping waves. It's like that namaste and fucking yoga at the end it's those kind of things where you are so present everything else just goes away and that's not going to happen in every single scene yeah and sometimes it won't happen for a year sometimes it won't happen in an entire project sometimes but when it does and that's what keeps it is there one thing that comes to you that is probably at look Let's just say there are tons of great scenes that you've done, yeah. great moments, great actors. But is there one that stands out in your career so f thus far that you go, I just remember this day being the most special in terms of like electric and the, the feeling of acting and the feeling of being in it and just and and the way it turned out or maybe not the way it turned out, but how it felt. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yeah, I mean, the show that I just finished, I ha definitely had a lot of opportunities to to act and go there and like was like, fuck, yeah, that was we really did it. But um, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. So we don't know. I don't, that but one, the feeling. I had, the feeling. I did have the feeling a handful of times on this one, which is great. But I had and I had it a lot on Jessica Jones as well, because I got right. to do that kind of writing. It's not all exposition. It is all coming from a place of character truth. It's a psychological character study. Mm -hmm. So anytime you get like that juicy backstory and underbelly of the character, like that's when you have the opportunities to do that. You don't all, not all characters are going to like, you know, yeah. reach the depths of, of whatever, who you are. Right. Um, and that's okay. It's also fun to just, just hit your mark and say some lines. Yeah. That's also very fun. Um, but yeah, I would say in Jessica Jones, there was just so many. How many episodes did you do in the first season? Um, 13. 13. You're the lead role. It's called Jessica Jones. Yeah. And hence, um, how soon before you get all the scripts or are they coming to you as the show is continuing? 
On that one, um, they were coming as the show was continuing. They had written the first four episodes, I believe, before I was cast, or maybe the first three. But I do, I, I remember then getting the script that they had written after I was cast, and you could tell. I was like, oh, wow, they're writing for me. Now, the question is, you talk about memorizing your lines really yeah. fast. That's easy. But when you're wa- working, and I, I guarantee you're working 12 to 14-hour days. Minimum, oh, my God, minimum, plus hair and makeup and travel okay. time. So yeah. how, by being in the moment, yeah. by acting out these scenes, hair and makeup, take after take, all the shit, on your feet all day, how and yeah. when do you have time to learn the next script, which is the following week? Here's what I do. Um, I just said this before Orphan Black and I did it with Jessica Jones. I So with Jessica Jones, I had the first four scripts. So I will coach with my acting teacher, Marjorie Ballantyne, every single day. Every single day. Every single day? Every single day before I leave, before I go. Before you go. And do every, we'll do each script. We'll start back at the beginning. We'll as much material as I can get in advance. And then I sit with it. I work on the subtext. We kind of go through it. We like subtext every line. We talk about it. We try to She's put She's expensive. Yeah, but that's Okay. I mean, this is an expensive, you're not talking like an hour acting class. You're no, like, no, no. you dissect scripts. Oh, yes. My scripts look like a murder scene. They are covered in ink. There is not a, no white is left. By, you I know mean, what mine is? What? Circles on my lines. Yeah. And a couple of little things. Yes. Yeah, sure. Just notes of like different ways to do things or try things. Next time you have a, next time you get an, an opportunity, go coach with Marjorie. See, it'll bring out a whole other, here's the thing. Even, I, oh, I will. Even, t- even roles where I'm like, this is my bread and butter. This is what I can do in my sleep. I don't need to coach. I'll coach with her. She will always find something because two heads are better than one. It's just a support. It's support. Okay, continue. So okay, you're working so on these scenes. I work on it, exhaust it, and I finish it and basically could then set it on fire. And then I will not even look at the schedule. I won't look at anything. Oh, this is what we're doing today. Got it. For the first four episodes. Yes, that. For Unless that. something changes. Unless something changes. And then on Orphan Black, the fir- Orphan Black Echoes, I had the first um, five or six. So then, and then that's so, a long time. But what happens when the fourth episode's over and you're now doing the fifth and there's no Marjorie? Well, because I have done so much work that this character is now in me, I will know how to do it. And I so, will know how to handle it. That's kind of like what the process is for me. And so do you pick up a script while you're shooting? Yeah, I pick up a well, Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, when the script comes out, I'll read it and kind of just like start know learning what to it do. a little bit. Yes, exactly. You just start bit by bit learning it. Yeah. And it's about 40 or 50 pages. Yeah. Yep. And by the time you're shooting it, you're ready to go. I am ready to but go. But you don't memorize the scene the night before. Um, if I don't know it, I will ask sometimes like if we're really in the machine of it and I'm like, oh, where are we? I would, I ask for my scenes for the next day to be printed at lunch. So if there, I'm, I can get a refresher. I'm like, oh, right, right, right. And go back to my notes, whatever I need to do. And like, so I'm ready. So you usually rely on the director and sort of the creator of a project if by chance you get the this pages the night before and you've kind of learned them, you know them, but you're like, oh, I haven't had an, as much time as I usually like to prep on a scene and work it out that I'll, I'll work it out. I trust the process that in the scene, I'll find it. It depends on the context. Like if it's a real scene, no, real scenes, like I will do all the things. But if it's a thing where like, oh, we're gonna like walk down a hallway and like yeah, hit a couple of marks, yeah, yeah. then yeah, I'm like, okay, hopefully the director has a great shape in mind already. Gotcha. Yeah. But if it's like a real scene, I'm going to come in with ideas as well. Right. 
or like, oh, I saw it like this. How can we figure it out? Because you always, you know, it's hard. It gets harder now, too, with like such time constraints, like on rehearsals. It's like, hurry up and throw marks down where it should be. Let's like make sure we're actually filming something that's worth filming. Yes. And you know what? You, you said something there. Have you ever had where they're trying to rush yeah. and we got to get done with the day? I remember you and I. Okay. Me and you, whatever. Yeah. I'm not great in grammar. We were shooting that pilot that ne ne never yeah. did anything. And we're sitting in a car and they're really stressed. Yeah. And it's outside and they're like, all right, blah, blah, blah. And I, do you remember me just going, or maybe it was you. One of us go, guys, hey, let's, we got to get this performance and we got to get something like, relax here yeah. we got to get this we can't just rush through it it's making everybody stressed out yeah do you remember that i don't remember i, I do it. remember that and everybody was kind of like, like oh yeah Whoa, you're right take take yeah. a beat yeah yeah let's just do what we have to do here yeah uh, have you ever had to do that um i think you know once in a blue moon if you can't like figure out a scene if you can't block it it's if it's something's not working we got to take a second we got to like see what where the issue is how can we fix it and let's fix it let's make it let's all make the best thing that we can possibly make yeah um so sometimes that comes up and that's just part of it um, yeah yeah but ideally um what i try to do is when i like get the scripts if, if i'm like if anything feels eggy or if i'm like this i know isn't gonna work because i know how it all goes I'll talk to, talk to the writer in advance, have a call, send her an email. Yeah. Let's address this first so we don't have egg on our face on the day, so we don't waste production's time. Do you ever think, uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if we got that. But hey, moving on. Uh, yeah, sure. Like we, when you're doing, like think about it, you're doing like a hundred scenes, like not all of them are going to, yeah, sure. Right. Some, and some like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got that in the can. Yeah, you fine. sure? Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil. Uh, D'Onofrio's back as Kingpin. I worked with D'Onofrio. Amazing guy. Yeah. Any chance that you'll be back as Jessica Jones? I have no idea. I hope so. You really don't have no idea. No idea, but I hope so. I hope so. I think that people love people love Jessica. I know because I live it. And so- Do you think I, there's a good chance? I, I Honestly, I don't know. And like Marvel doesn't, I, they're so secretive. I don't know. Um, I'm just putting it out there that I, of course I would be there in a second. I got, oh. I'd have my boots and jacket on ready to rock. Speaking of that, <laughs> you you kind of, did you create the look? Yes, and I ruined it for myself. Because, because it created a whole look for people. I know. And I'm like, shit, I can't wear my regular clothes anymore. The leather jacket look? Yeah, yeah. I loved, I, yeah, she looked so fucking cool. Yeah. I think you have a lot to do with almost every time. I think the actor should. Yes. But you, like even for night books, oh, working yes, with yes. our lovely Autumn, who I yes. adore and so hugely talented, but like you worked very close with her to get that look of what you both wanted, yes. envisioned. It is very, I am very, very collaborative and very hands-on with the costume designer always because, you know, I sort of always start my characters at home with like a physicality or a walk. And then like, it's the clothes, it's the, hey, all of that creates the character. It's not like, here, now you're going to wear this. It's like, a real creation from the ground up and I breathe all that life into it and I need that. And so, yeah, the costume on Jessica Jones, for sure. Like I, I spent fucking little, all of it. Um, again, qu quickly on David Tennant. Um, I know he's a genius. He's a great actor. Everybody loves him. That there's such a sensation for Dr. Who. I've never seen Dr. Who. Have you seen it? Um, no, but my, let me tell you something. There is, and I've seen it cause I've traveled with Boy. him. And holy shit. And also when when my manager, Kyle, I don't know if you've ever met him, but my manager, Kyle, found out that David Tennant was getting the role. We're sitting in the director's office, S.J. Clarkson, 
Jessica Jones looking at the mood boards and the shot list and all of that. And we're like, oh, who's going to play Kilgrave? And she told us. And Kyle made sounds that I have never heard him make before because he is such a Doctor Who fan. He was like more excited that David Tennant was going to be in the show than when I got the role. Um, and then going to Comic-Con <laughs> with him and traveling with him, he's like, their, he's the favorite Doctor. People love David Tennant. And it's rightfully so because the guy is not, guy only, world, right? not only is an amazing heavyweight actor, he's so lovely and so delicious and just like so fun. I just adore him. Is he in England? Yeah, he's Scottish, but he's probably, I don't know where he is. We're he's trying, Scottish. Yeah. He's got that great Scottish accent. Take a bite of your apple. Let me take a bite of my apple. You've gone so fast. Gone so fast here. You know what? X gets a square. I always finish my jobs fast. <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. no, I'm not saying, it's just like, it could be any time, but I don't I do not do more than an hour. I just don't like it. I just don't. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we've talked about great stuff. This is great. Sure, sure. So you got Orphan Black, the sequel. Orphan Black Echoes. Yeah. Echoes coming out. How many episodes? That's 10 episodes. 10 episodes on? AMC. On AMC. Yep. Um, and Love and Death on HBO. And you're the lead in that? No, I'm not the lead in that. I'm the lead of, of Orphan Black Echoes. I'm not the lead in Love and Death. What was the hardest series you've worked on? Jessica Jones? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty hard, but in a good way. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, all good things about that one. That was so fun. Do you sleep well? Fuck no, do you? No. No, I do not sleep well. How I do also you do it a, then? You know what? I just keep rocking. I just keep, just fucking power through. I don't know. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 50. I am not 50. You're like 36 or something. Sure. Well, it says on the line, doesn't it? Yeah, but who cares? I'm just saying, how do you not, how do you <laughs> never ask a woman her age? Yeah. The only reason I said that is because how do you not sleep and able to just keep rocking and rolling? I don't know. I have, I don't know. It's and you don't have any bags under your eyes. I should because I haven't slept. In and you like have a child. Weeks. Yeah. And you can do lead series. So you're doing lead, lead roles. You're taking care of being the best mom, whispering in, ear, in his ear, how awesome he is and how proud of you and a child and the lead role and looking great and not sleeping. It's an anomaly. You're an alien. <laughs> I am tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm very tired. And how I, do have, you... I don't know. I just keep fucking going like a shark. And the Defenders. You love doing the Defenders. That was so fun. Because it's all the superheroes with like a lighter schedule and they're doing a lot of stunts so we we're all sitting around just like shooting the shit we had so much fun it was like mean it was so fun because i love charlie cox so much and i love mike Coulter so much and finn was heaven like we just had the best time just laughing all day what's your favorite movie of all time yep fuck first thing that comes to mind is the lost boys but there's so many more grease dirt dancing i had Kiefer and jason patrick on podcast pitter patter pitter patter they were awesome they I were great. I love that movie. I love and the soundtrack. I asked him about Julia Roberts. And? You know the whole thing? Yeah. The they, scandal? Yeah. What happened? What did he say? And they answered it. They were just like, I go, Kiefer, you know, he took off with your ex-fiance that you're about to get married to to Italy and he's your best friend. And uh, How did you ever, how are you guys sitting here right now? He's like, yeah, well, you know, we're friends, time. man. And yeah. time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's my buddy. I'm like, all right. No, he was cool about it. You know what? That's why I liked um, David's movie Nightbook so much. 
I love night books. I love night books. I, I went to the love- screening. It was cold at the screening. It was outside. Mm-hmm. I froze my balls off. Yeah. But I'm glad I was there. And it was great. It was such an adventure. And I think he did such a great job. And I'm I was such so, a great job. You I, were great in that. Night books on Netflix, it. guys. I loved it. I had such a good time doing that show. It was my first gig back after having my son. They lo- they adored you. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like working with you. I'm I like to be at work. So it's that's that's fun and infectious. Some you know, I've only been on like one set that was like really miserable but most of the time i try and like you know rally and try to like have yeah. a good time you're easy going i try to be but it's because i work hard and i'm confident in it you know my my brother and i always talk about my father you know he was he was tough you know he's tough on us and like many fathers can be i guess but we always said that he he loved his the people he worked with more. Sure. We always said that the people at work he treated the best, that he loved the most. He loved being around the most. That was his world. Uh huh. What did he do? He worked in pharmaceuticals. Okay. He didn't take them, but uh, you know. Yeah. So, I guess I'm trying to the analogy is like is work. Yeah. What you love the most. Yeah, work is. And what I love And then the work. real life is kind of like your real life is work almost. Yeah, the the li- work is your life when you do that kind of. When like, you love your work like that, it's yeah. a it's a rarity. It's such a big, full, immersive experience that it is your life, and um, yeah, it is your life. Do you remember doing Gilmore Girls? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Totally. You did. Yeah, it was one of my first gigs. I mean, Somebody's. Yeah. I was basically paying to be on that show. Really? Yeah, because I auditioned for it when I was like in LA one day, but I was a New York actress and then it shot in San Diego. So I'm like getting myself to San Diego for so, like a day rate. Somebody said that you know, this could be hearsay. It's probably not even true. I don't even know. But they, somebody said that the girls didn't get along really well. I was only on the last season, so I did not see that. You didn't see a lot of the shit. I didn't see any of it. It's so it could have happened. Great. I don't know anything. I didn't experience that at all. I had a good time there. And I, it was a weird little gig because I was barely in it. But it got a lot of attention. And that is a show that people love and stands the test of time. And um, it was just like one of my cute like early gigs. I like it. Um, all right. This is a rapid fire with patrons. They're gonna You just answer fast. Sure. Top tier patrons asking questions, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Thank you. Here we go. The last two episodes, I don't know when they're going to air, but I didn't ask questions because it was just I got too involved. Uh, Stone H, who made you laugh the most on the set while filming? She's out of my league. One of my favorite movies. Uh, TJ Miller. He was very funny. Everyone. You know who else? Um, Nate Torrance. Really? Oh, my God. He was so funny. Jay Baruchel is pretty funny, too. It was really fu- Oh, and Jeff Stoltz was in it, too. And I had a great they all time. made you laugh. They all made me laugh. And Alice Eve and I had so much fun. It was like the most fun. It was so, we were all 26 years old. We were all staying in a hotel in Pittsburgh, getting into trouble. We had the best time. Wow. Nico, any plans for your novel before uh, Bonfire to get made into a film? Yeah, so it's a long process and it hasn't happened yet. It was optioned and sort of, we'll see. I hope so. I am working on another follow-up to it, which will be announced shortly. Really? I am. What's Bonfire about? Bonfire is um, a psychological thriller. Would you play the lead? Well, I might be getting too old to play it now. Now, next one, I'm going to make sure the character is like you a grown up. You could still play in your late 20s. Thank you. <laughs> Especially if you sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Nathan J., I'm so excited for Orphan Black spinoff. Are you playing multiple characters too? Is it connected to the original? It is not really connected to the original, but it is tangential to the Ooh, original. Um, 
uh, it's set in that world. So I think fans of the original are going to be like into it, but it's not like you have to watch it to to step in. Um, I can't say much more beyond that at this point, even though like I know when it's coming out. Is it dark? Um, it is. It's it's pretty fucking. It's cool. It's like it's yeah. It's dark and cool and edgy and rock and roll and science fiction and fucking yeah. It's cool. All right. Raj, what is your most prized possession besides your little boy? Besides my little boy, I love my um, Gibson Hummingbird. Do you play guitar a lot? Yeah, I have a beautiful guitar that I Why really don't love. You- I also, um, I I really like my car. I really like. Um, uh, you do like your car. You I, thought you dented it at my house. Yeah, I know, but well, we. I'm not going to mention your car. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like my car because it's like where now as a mom, that's where I go to like blast my music really loud and like have quiet alone time. It's like my office. <laughs> I got to make calls and go into the car. <laughs> I love her. I love you. Leanne, don't trust the bee in apartment 23 is one of my all time favorite shows. What's your favorite moment from that show? I My favorite moment from don't trust the bee is the episode where called sexy people where Chloe takes over people magazine. Never have have I had more fun since then. Even just really? the most delicious. It was a psychotic character playing a character. Who do you want to work with? Like, what's the the top five people you come to mind that you're like? I want to I want to work with this person. I've always watched them. I've always. Uh... Oh my god! I don't even know where to start. Like I, you know, you want to work with like people who are really like have a lot of pride in their work and are really fun and people that work Meryl hard. Streep. Yes, yeah, sure. Gary Oldman. Everybody. Yes, I would love to work with Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman. Of course, every all of them. Everyone that's on your list, I would like to work with them too. What's the biggest director you've worked with? Tim Burton. What was with Tim Burton? Uh, big Eyes. Oh my God! Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I would love to work with him again in a in another capacity. You know in any what? way. Yeah. The guys who created Smallville. Alan Miles. Yeah. Created Wednesday. Oh, get the fuck out! I, I don't know why you're not on there as some kind of cool character. Just put me in the background. I I'm going to tell them. Tell them. Put me in the background. No, you could be uh, yeah. like her. Her aunt i should totally she's be, like 20 you could be your aunt yeah i should be like the the grown-up one or whatever what, can aunt. you totally see that please call them please if they have a them. spinoff called wednesday 10 years later you fucking call them right now and you tell them i'm available hold on watch this and i will <laughs> no hang on, hang on hang on i'm there it would be like you know okay so can i tell you one story when yeah. i was 12 years old i got i started a new school 12 years old 13 going into seventh grade right New school, I have to walk to the bus station. I've got my like long black hair, my Guns N' Roses shirt, whatever. I get on the bus. These kids have never met me before and they're singing. Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. The motherfucking kids were singing. The I, but I could totally see that. Yeah, I know. Now it makes sense. But at the time it was pretty crushing. Oh, he's in the Zoom room with probably Tim Burton right now. You tell him. And I just said on with Kristen Ritter, hop on if you can. Because I will tell him live on the podcast. Dude, you please, you make this happen for me and I'm going to buy you a steak dinner. I would do it. You're a friend. I would do it anyway. I'm going to do it. Okay, fine. <laughs> I wish more people would do that for me. No I'll one do does that. You. This has been too fun, isn't it? Yeah. This is fan- This was fantastic. I'm not kidding. I thought this is going to be good. She's yeah. cool. She's, you, you just, you just, you're a spark. I, I love it. I love talking to you. It's great. Me too. I had so much fun. I hope it's not, I hope people like your podcast and they don't think it's, this is a boring episode. Why would this be boring? I don't know. And you see how we, we, you know, we ended up, we ended up talking about, the one thing we didn't talk about is like something, she's eating an apple, let it go. Um, Oh, right. That's probably annoying. No, it's not. I'll move my head away. Yeah. But you, you talk a little bit about, you know, the anxiety that you get is usually when you have to do press and all those things. Yes. But 
I find a way to use it. Ages ago, I heard a TED talk about how to like use your nervousness as like your superpower. And I tried to reframe how I thought about it. And and then that whole thing was like, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen? Are you going to throw up? You're going to faint? So what? And that really helped me kind of get through it. Like, right, who cares if I throw up? It's embarrassing. It's well. embarrassing. People are going to talk about it, whatever. So you really don't deal with a lot of anxiety throughout life and, and, and mostly. Sometimes I do. It depends on what's going on. Like sometimes I absolutely do. And anxiety, I mean like you really, your body. Heart, you're, you're tingling. You're like, I don't know what to do. Absolutely. I, don't. I, I have had periods of like intense, intense anxiety. And it's like, you know, the weight of the world or whatever. It's like shit's going on. You're not sleeping, like all of that stuff. Um, compounding. I'll get some anxiety for sure. And it'll fi- manifest in physical. But like, you never symptoms. got on any meds or any Xanax no, or anything no, like no. that. You've never. No, but I tackle it. I tackle it like with whatever, all the things that you do. Like, you meditation, gotta, exercise. Meditation, exercise, nutrient dense food, juices. Like, do just do whatever you can to fill up your, your cup. That's it. That's, I try. And so when I get to it, like, oh, I'm in rough shape right now. What can I do? Okay, let's meet. Let's reach out to friends. Let's see a therapist. Let's go work out. Book the trainer. I asked my trainer. I'm like, what days do you have available? Copy confirmed. I'll be there. Just say yes. Do diet, the I think, is huge. Eat well. I mean, sometimes my diet's not great. I love like pizza and pasta and hamburgers, but I love like hobbies, and so I'll throw myself into a hobby. Whatever. Are you athletic? Um, what do you think? I'm not going to answer that. I'm pretty tall and gangly. So I'm like f- sports. How tall are you? Five nine. You're still plus. five nine. Since you were fifteen, you're five nine. I might be a little hair more. Five nine and a half. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's very informative. Why? What? That I'm just I'm still five nine. No, just the whole anxiety thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's good. It's yeah. very good. It's yeah. very good. So yeah, I have anxiety. I use it when I can. I try to use the nervous energy. I try to ner- use it and just like reframe how I stress out about it. Whenever possible. I'm not an expert, but I do like try my best and I do like keep going. Are you really good at comforting people and making f- people feel okay? Yes, like, absolutely. You- I'm a, yes, I'm a good friend. Do you follow your own advice? Yes. And sometimes like, I don't, I try to like not always give advice. You know, mm. you want to like hold space and acknowledge and, inv- and validate. And I kind of do those things because like, that's what I want too. Yeah. How do you help people that don't want to help themselves? Um, I don't, I, I, if people don't want to help, help themselves, I don't really have a lot of those kinds, kinds of things. But, um, listen, I like, I'm a person who likes to go deep and communicate and like have emotional connections and like really talk about what's going on, like get really in the room. And so, yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a good friend because fucking like, let's talk about it. There it is. Kristen Ritter. This has been awesome. Uh, you could finish your apple and, uh. (laughs) I have a salad in the fridge if you want to take that with you or eat it. Okay. Whatever. If you're hungry, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I do, because I am busy and like, I do really, I really appreciate when people give me food. <laughs> well. Because I have a kid too. Yes. You know what I mean? So there's no one, I'm like a mom. You're I'm on like, the run. Anybody I'm on the run. To... I'm working. I'm taking care of a kid. When somebody offers me food. You take or, it. Or says like, oh, that must be really hard. I'm like, oh, like this a little you bit You probably of haven't ate anything but this juice here today. Uh, this is my, I've eaten the apple and the juice. That's it today. So, so you're far. probably hungry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good talking to you. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Love you, Kristen. That was a joy. You were a joy to have on. Very animated and very smart. Um, great stories and uh, just open. You know, I, I like the openness, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. she was fun. Were you here for her? I was here for you. You were here. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, she's she's great. Right? She's really great. You know, she's really easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. She was. Uh, look, I got this email. I, I don't normally read emails. It's been a long time, but I thought it was really nice. And uh, I'll, I'll just read it. It's from Sam. He says, hey, Michael, it's Sam from Australia. I hope you're healthy and well. I just wanted to message you to let you know that I've been listening and following your Inside of You podcast and want to change and want to thank you for changing my life. Listening to your podcasts have inspired me and opened my eyes to my own mental health. And it's all thanks to you. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you, dude. Sam. And I just thought that was really nice. You know, if that's true, that I can't imagine you know, changing someone's life. But if, if, if the show's doing that for you and if it's helping you out, it means uh, a shit ton to me, Sam. Yeah. So that's really nice. But when you said change, my brain went, Oh no, he's going to offer constructive criticism. <laughs> but, but this was ended up being way nicer. Right. Oh, you <laughs> thought it was going to be like, Oh, he's going to be, he's going to want to change. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here are the top tier patrons, patreon.com slash inside you. They give a little more. They get some s- cool stuff, swag, YouTube lives, Patreon, uh, zooms, uh, get to ask questions on the, uh, to guests, blah, blah, blah. Join patron today, patreon.com slash inside you. Here are the top tiers. Nancy D Leah S L- little Lisa, you Kiko, Jill, E Brian, H Nico, P Robert, B Jason, W Sophie, M Raj, C Joshua D Jennifer N Stacy L Jamal F Janelle B Mike E L Don Supremo 99 Santiago correct Chad W Leanne P Janine R Maya P Maddie S Belinda N Dave H Sheila G Brad D Ray H Tabitha T Tom N Liliana A Talia C That's no M M uh, Betsy D Chad L Angel M, M. Rhiannon C Corey It kind of goes with it. Corey. C. K. K is right. Corey K. Dev. Nexon. Michelle. E. D. Just think Canadian. Michelle A. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> okay, this is where it gets tricky. R. C. Jeremy C. C. <laughs> Brandy. Uh, Just think, think of her name. B. Brand, Brand. D. Brandy D. Correct. Joey. Uh, M. Yeah, this is. Eugene. And Leah. Correct. Corey. Heather. C. No. Actress. Heather. Locklear. Correct. Jake. Another actor. That's weird. Jake. (laughs) G. Jake. Oh, B. Busey, yeah. Busey. Megan. M. T. Angela. B. Just think Angela forever. Angela. I was thinking of actors. Mel. S. Orlando. C. Caroline R, Christine K. No, think Caroline R, Christine S. S. The next letter. Eric H, Shane, Shane R, Andrew. Think of uh, McMahon or McCutcheon or McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. Andrew M. M. I know Andrew McMahon. Well, yeah, yeah, piano guy. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, Tim Leonard. Yeah. Karina N, Amanda, 
R. R. Jen B. Kevin E. Stephanie K. Jorel. Jammin. J. Leanne. P. Again? No. E. No. L. Jammin. J. Leanne. J. Correct. Luna. Just think Lunar. Luna R. R. Lunar. Cindy. Think of her name. Lou. Cindy. L. C. D. Cindy. Cindy. Correct. (laughs) Mike. God. H. E. F. F. Think Mike Flanagan. All right. Stone. Cold Steve Austin. H. Think Stonehenge. (laughs) That makes sense. Miss. Just add another S. Miss. Oh, Miss S. Miss S. Misdemeanor. Brian. Uh, L. L. Katie B. Aaron R. Kendall L. House J. Meredith I. Charlene C. Kara C. Mary R. Sheena L. Jessica B. Kyle F. Marisol P. Estevan G. Megan K. Mickey L. And Brian A. Couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hopefully you'll tune in next week. Spread the word if you can. Write a review if you can. Uh, By this point in the podcast, only the top tiers are listening, most likely. Uh, From the Hollywood Hills in Hollywood, California, I am Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Tails. (laughs) We love you guys. Uh, Be good to yourself. We'll see you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.